In part one, I went over the past of indoctrination and what indoctrination is. I used Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union as examples of indoctrination in the past. Some may say that those are extreme examples of indoctrination and they don't apply to today. But this general question does lead into today's topic, which is the modern applications of indoctrination. During these past couple of decades, many philosophers have attempted to define indoctrination in today's society. A brief review is offered on the central debate in which they engaged over the importance of such features as method, content, and intention. It then demonstrated that attempts to make the intention to indoctrinate a necessary feature of indoctrination are not successful. It is pointed out that the whole debate over method, content, and intention is misconceived as it fails to focus attention on the experience of the learner. The revised definition is offered which takes into account this important factor which I stated in part one. In today's world, it is hard to catch indoctrination because indoctrination happens in the absence of thinking. Many teachers who engage in indoctrination do so unconsciously. They themselves take what they are given and pass it along without thinking. Ideologues often intervene at this level by writing the scripts for teachers, which leads into thoughtlessness is essential. Let's look at Common Core. Common Core has facilitated progressive indoctrination by smothering independent thought and stifling intellectual development. It effectively trains students not to think by emphasizing skills over content, process over product, and relative standards over absolute ones. The humanities suffer the most from the focus on teaching supposedly practical skills rather than quality content. Instead of reading great poetry and literature, English teachers ask their students to read more journalistic, nonfiction, and develop research skills, instead of reading for meaning and writing clearly. Students read for bias and learn to write rubbish. History teachers now teach their students history skills, which involve everything except remembering actual history and synthesizing information. Consequently, both literary and historical content is drained of relevance or meaning. While students learn to process data, they do not think about anything in particular. Math and science are hurt more by Common Core's obsession with process over the product. Reaching the right answer means little in Common Core math. It is more important that students learn various arbitrary methods through which they can arrive at an answer. Students receive more credit for following a needlessly complicated breakdown, complete with color coding and an array of abstract terms for relatively simple computation. Word problems also loom large, causing teachers to spend less time on their subject and more time teaching students to highlight the right terms. Needless to say, some students can make their way through Common Core curriculum without knowing much math or science at all. Common Core proponents will say that this teaches students metacognition, which they quote, thinking about thinking and pushes students to learn how to learn. In reality, kids stop thinking since it's all pointless. These two problems come together to bring about a pervasive relativism in education. Content is interchangeable and mastery is either illusionary or impossible. Knowledge becomes subjective. One text is as good as another. One period of history is as important as another. One theory or formula is as useful as another. It is hard to learn how to think when there is nothing real to think about. This in turn leads to what I call tribalism. Groups of people united in feeling, but not in reason and truth. The lack of thought makes all these groups vulnerable to mass media and prevents any organized resistance to an encroaching state or lawless ideologue in power. Indoctrination is complete when perception really does become reality. 
for most people because they're too stupid or apathetic to respond rationally. Education is supposed to open minds, not close minds. To indoctrinate students in a classroom requires two essential conditions. First, that professors use their authority. Second, that professors promote closed-minded adaptations of a belief. With understanding these two conditions, we can find solutions to the issue we face today, which I will discuss in part three of solutions to indoctrination in today's modern society. Thank you, and goodbye.